This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On today's show, we discuss Burrow's trip to the completely Suzuki. Is that really the stadium name? Oh, welcome to Burrow Pods. Hello, Patrick. Hello, how are you? Yeah, all right. Uh, had a had an enjoyable, well, semi-enjoyable Saturday. How about yourself? I thought you were going to say I had an enjoyable semi. It's a family show, mate, can't it? Um, <laughs> it's not yeah. family-friendly, really, is it? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Just feels like it should <laughs> because it's nine o'clock on a Sunday morning. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm 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 so awake that I loaded up the League One table and the League One fixtures and sorry, the League Two table and the League Two fixtures, and then was like, hang on a minute, that's not been us for like two months now. That's so, yeah, last. Good. That's last year. Screw those losers. We're never going to see them again. <laughs> uh, funny, I believed that. Um... So let's have a look at the game uh, yesterday. Uh, obviously, Cheltenham nil, Stevens three. Um, Jordan Roberts opened scoring in the seventh minute with uh, with the follow up goals coming in the 69th minute from Elliot List from a uh, from a. It says Jordan Roberts got the last touch off of that. I thought it was Jamie Reed, um, and then uh, Listy four minutes later getting his second um, with a with a with a shot which I think was Jordan Roberts, which was parried out to to the feet of Elliot List, and he lapped that up. Um, substitutions Elliot List came on for Charlie McNeil in the 57th minute we had Alex McDonald come on for Jordan Roberts in the 88th and then uh, Lewis Thompson Kane Hemmings and Harrison Neal came on in the 94th minute for Ben Thompson Jamie Reid and Finley Burns um, just to one yellow card uh, yesterday which is incredible considering Lee Doughty hates us and, and you know we hate him Um Forty uh, seventh minute. Um, in the in additional time in the first half, Ben Thompson picking up a yellow card. Um, formation wise, uh, typical five five three two. Although you maybe call it a five two one two. Um, Christian Hedges started in goal. Nick Freeman right wing back. Sweeney, Pidge, and Thompson across the across three. Um, centre backs, then Dan Butler left wing back. Then you've got Finney Burns as like a holding mid. You've got uh, Ben Thompson side today, not Lewis. Um, starting in, in midfield, obviously Burns more your holding midfielder. Thompson being a more traditional centre centre mid. Um, you've got Roberts playing that role of he'll play wherever the fuck he wants. Um, <laughs> Roving about being a menace. <laughs> and then you've got uh, Reed and Charlie, uh, Jamie Reed and Charlie McNeil up front. 
Uh, Stats-wise, uh, we had 21, 21 shots to their nine. Um, we only had 36% possession. But, you know, we don't... We it, It's very rare that we dominate a game of football possession-wise, so that's, that, that's not all that to be concerned about. Um, our pass success rate was 65%, which you know, is again trending in the right direction. Um, we uh, anything anything below 60% is a bad day at the office, I think. Um, we won the aerial aerial duel, uh, 24 successful aerials won against 18. Um, yeah, so that was a uh, that's that that's that. How do you think the early, early exchanges went, Pat? First twenty minutes, it sounded like Stephen is on top. I was listening to Dino's excellent commentary on uh, Three Counties, sitting where I'm sitting now, actually. And yeah, it's good. Um, they had control of the opening exchanges. We're creating more of the chances. Um, didn't really hear a lot from Cheltenham until the second quarter, after uh, Stephen had already taken the lead. So it was a it was a comfortable early early going. Um, scrappy goal from Jordan Roberts, but it's League One, of course it was. Yeah, I mean, it, I always, I always think that if you can't score scrappy goals, then you're hopeless, really, aren't you? Yeah, and we said it um, maybe last time we talked that we were lacking strikers getting in on those little um spillages, deflections in the box and snaffling away those chances and basically three goals like that in this one. So that's turned that immediately on its head. And that's all for the better because those little off the keeper tappings are a massive source of uh, assistance in games like this. And uh, yeah, so much the better that we now have List looking sharp and snaffling them up and Roberts looking sharp and snaffling them up. <clears throat> yeah. Um in in terms of sort of momentum throughout the game, it was it, it, it was a game of sort of three three phases. You sort of got the opening sort of twenty minutes, half an hour where um although we didn't dominate possession, we certainly dominated everything else really in terms of shots, um aerial the aerial sort of battle was being won by us. Um, we had more corners. We had more possession in the opposition, th- opposition sort of attacking third. Um, and then there was a big chunk in the middle of the game where you probably say twenty minutes. Uh, sorry, probably sort of half an hour to forty minutes of um, Cheltenham being a little more, a little more dominant. Yeah. Um, their pass success rate in the middle phases of the game when they were really troubling us and you know we we were sort of hanging on at times their pass success rate was 80% and their possession was 66%. Yeah. Um we we did still dominate in terms of shots not only just shots but shots on target. Um and the we 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 maintained our sort of aerial superiority in that phase but regardless we we seem to be really, really, really pushing our luck at times throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, you kind of expect that away from home that they have some periods of, uh, you know, dangerous possession. And certainly they did that. The 3-0 scoreline flatters us to an extent. Maybe that's harsh. There was a period in the game and certainly coming in at half-time, I was like, the half-time whistle's come at a good time here for Stevenage because Cheltenham were well on top. They'd been causing all the problems for the last 20 minutes. They'd hit the bar. They'd really 
stretched us without forcing many difficult saves, but it felt like if there was another goal coming in this game, it was coming for Cheltenham. And coming out in the second half felt much the same until List came on just before the hour mark, and then suddenly we were able to kind of re-establish a bit of control. And as soon as that second goal went in, heads dropped, and uh, it was all Stevenage for the last quarter of an hour, which kind of is what you'd expect for a team who haven't scored yet this season, and they're suddenly 2-0 down. Yeah, um, I watched. I was watching the highlights back, and I was surprised with how. Uh, well, should I? Should I? I shouldn't have been surprised with how wasteful Jamie Reed was in that second half, particularly towards the end. Um, again, two really, really good opportunities that were difficult. Difficult. He he did all of the hard work in bringing bringing down the long ball forwards really well in both situations moving moving the ball you know side to side and and doing his man getting past getting past the defender only to see the ball trickle harmlessly wide mm-hmm. with um, uh, list going come on put it yeah, in my with, path with, yes with list being decidedly unhappy about that <laughs> yeah that's just every um, striker that they always want the pass of course, yeah. Um, I said yesterday on Twitter that Jamie Reed is probably the most improved player from opening day to current ability that I think I've ever seen at the club. I think that's fair. Yeah. Apart from maybe Andy Bond when he moved to right back because he was so pish in central midfield. But, you know, that's a throwback. I, 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 said think, to Dino I, I don't think he was very good at right back either. <laughs> Yeah, but he was a lot better. He wasn't an absolute flaming, horrific liability. <laughs> but yeah, I said to Dino on Twitter that I think generally across the squad, the first touch has improved so much over the last, not just this year, maybe six months or so. Like There was a time, maybe a year or so ago, that was like, it was a at times a liability. Maybe that's just confidence in what you're doing as a team, but... It's got so much better now, and you see it all the time. Roberts, Lewis Thompson, yes. Jamie Reed. The first touch to bring it down and to take it away from a defender so that they have can do what they want with it, basically, has been a marked improvement and a way of us creating a lot more chances than we used to be able to. So, so much the better. It's great to watch. Yeah, and I, I was actually going to mention the fact that we seem to be, a, you know, it's certainly true for the goals. Um, but in general, we just seem to be a lot more alive to the second ball um, than we used to be. But perhaps, actually, what I'm noticing more appropriately is that we have to rely on the second ball far less. Yes. So that and just being alive to it a little bit more means that we are much more competitive when we play the ball forwards than than, than we were, certainly you know in the early parts of Steve Evans' tenure here. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And there's the odd period of, well, the odd issue of uh, getting shrugged off the ball a little bit too easily for Steve's liking. Certainly McNeil, yeah. before he got hooked, was um, guilty of that, which led to uh, a counter-attacking opportunity for Cheltenham. Um, it was one of those where he got lent in the back a little bit, but you're never going to get a free kick for that in League One. And no. then once you've been shrugged off the ball in that fashion, you've got a pick a man, battle back, get a tackle in. And there wasn't enough for that. So 
kind of wasn't surprised to see him go before the hour mark. He'd been quite anonymous. And you yeah, know, it's tough I... for a young man coming into senior football at this physical level. So it's going to take a bit of time to establish, I guess. And we've seen this... enough good to know that he's an asset to the squad, I think. This physical, yeah, a physical league, but not just a physical league, but a physical team where you expect that from your players. Um, yeah, he, um, he, it's too easy to win a 50 50 with him at the moment. He needs, he needs to get in that weight room bulk up, yeah. I think. Um, and you couldn't have a much better centre back room to practice that side of your game against, really, could you? Because of what, what you, you, got. you couldn't know. You'd you'd imagine that all that will come with experience, having to deal with Thompson, Pigeon, Sweeney, um, and then even TVC when he's when he's back to fitness. You'll either learn quickly or want to retire age twenty three. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Finley Burns' performance? Because he seemed to be quite. Maybe he just didn't have much to do, but he seemed to be a little bit anonymous, and his sort of his his overall rating, which yeah, you can't always can't always rely on, um, was vastly, well, actually vastly improved in the second half. But he seemed to have a quiet game today. Um, maybe that's what you want from a holding midfielder. To be fair, yeah, you didn't see or hear much from him, um, but that's all to the good. I think it's one of those positions where you do quiet good work and it goes unrecognised a lot of the time. He certainly played a really nice uh, through ball curling it into Reed at one instance. I noticed on the highlight package but for the most part on the commentary you didn't hear his name and that means he wasn't giving the ball away, he wasn't missing tackles, he was just mopping up and uh, doing what was needed when it was needed. So It sounded like a decent unspectacular performance and as you say for a centre mid, defensive mid, that's kind of what you want. What did you make of Cheltenham in general? Because I saw you say something on Twitter about the last three games, or the last three opponents being um, being not as bad as their position in the table suggests. But and you know, if you just look at the stats alone, you've got to go with that. But they are woeful in the final third, aren't they? Yeah, you're right. To be fair. Um... I was responding to something someone else said about the you know, third game in a row where a yeah. team we've played against has performed in a manner that belies their league position. Charlton and Carlisle still 16th and 19th and Cheltenham now rock bottom. But on reflection, <clears throat> like they maybe forced two saves and hit the bar and mm-hmm. capitulated in the last 20 minutes and gave us another couple. Their defending was not up to standard consistently so you know maybe it is a fair reflection and 40 minutes of control of a game at home where you can't really create any chances isn't enough to get you out of the mire in any league and Mm -hmm. particularly not one as strong as this so yeah I maybe walk that back a little bit but there was a that, that was posted maybe on about the hour mark where um you know they'd had 40 minutes and um of strong possession and felt like they might be getting back into the game. Yeah. They'd felt the more side more likely to score for half an hour and got us a little bit nervous. But now uh, Listy came on, got the second, and once the second had gone in, there was never a concern about um, capitulating out of the game again. So that two-goal lead's all important, and uh, it's nice to finally get one after a couple of uh, games dropping points. 
Yeah, I was going to say that. It, Cheltenham, the, the game against Cheltenham, uh, with their trend of being able to not, or sorry, being a, unable to score goals, um, probably came at the right time after having had two games where we were seemingly unable to hold hold ourselves, you know, hold the lead and 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 see out a, a victory. Um, obviously, Carlisle and and Charlton are much different different prospects to Cheltenham with the fact that you know these other teams can score goals um but it was it was a relief to to see us not only add a second but have the desire to add a third and you know and then and then Jamie Reed missed two really good chances and we still had chances after that so it was really it was really good to see us although they were on the counter still trying to put the game to bed even though we were 1-0 2-0 3-0 up yeah, I mean, it's it's rare you're going to be on top and dominant for 90 minutes. Rare to mm. say, like, it just doesn't happen. So you've got to put yourself ahead at the points when you are on top. And uh, if you don't get ahead by a couple, then you always leave yourself vulnerable. And that's what we found in the previous two games, that we had yeah. our periods, but we didn't capitalise on them enough to put the games away. This one we did, um, albeit needing a second spell towards the end. And... Uh, yeah, it's good to see because, you know, they're a bottom quarter side. It pushes us back up to third, which puts us back into contention for automatics and strongly in contention for playoffs. And that's got to be the aim after starting five wins from nine and only lost once. It's uh, You want to stay at the business end. Yeah. Seeing as you're mentioning the table, let's mention the table. Um, as you said earlier, Cheltenham rock bottom, uh, one point from nine. Hideous. No, no goals. They've conceded fifteen. Fleetwoods uh, got their second point of the season yesterday. <laughs> they drew with Burton. <laughs> they drew with Burton, who uh, who's, who Burton, who surprisingly beat Port Vale on Tuesday. Um, who I said they didn't have a chance in hell in winning that game. They won that game. Goody. Um, I need to look at a better league table because this one's wrong again. <laughs> Um, I'm not gonna leave any of this in the the uh, actual cut. <laughs> oh dear me! Then we got Reading um, in twenty second place, uh, five points. But obviously they've had that those those points deductions. Then Wigan um, also. In fifth in the relegation zone um, again because of the points deductions. Then you got Burton Albion who have climbed out of the the the, the uh, relegation zone uh, with that draw with Fleetwood. Um, then you got Carlisle, Northampton, Shrewsbury, Charlton, and Leighton Orient. Um, all teams that we've already played, mm. um, which uh, probably gives us a a good picture of why we're doing so well at the moment and why we're so high up the tables that we've played absolute dross so far. <laughs> but also, all of the teams we got promoted with, which uh, tells us we've taken the step that they have. Yes, we've taken a massive step and they've taken baby steps at best. Um, then you've got Blackpool, uh, Lincoln, Bristol, Wickham, Cambridge, Derby, Peterborough and Bolton. That's from 14th up to 7th. Seven, um, there's only two points separating 14th, well, 
if we go back, if we go to, to Orient in 15th, there's only three points separating 15th from 7th. I know it's early on, but nine, nine games, I would have expected maybe a little bit more of a gulf between playoff chasing teams and teams that are only, you know, less than a couple of wins clear of the playoff, the, the relegation zone so far. But, you know, like I said, it is early and, and, uh, I'm probably wrong. Um, I clearly am wrong here. Um, then the the uh, the playoff playoff paces at the moment. You've got Exeter City in sixth with sixteenth point sixteen points. Barnsley in fifth with sixteen points. Vale um, in fourth with seventeen. So so Port Vale, who got beat by Barnsley seven nil on the opening day of the season, are a point ahead of them. S- still twelve points. Still twelve goals worse off in goal difference. But you know. <laughs> We can forgive them for that because that that uh, that that seven nil thumping was clearly an outlier. Um, then Stevenage in third on eighteen Woo! points. Um, we actually have the same goal difference as uh, Oxford Oxford United, who are in second. Uh, however, we have played a game more. Uh, we've won a game less, gee, um, but they uh, they have scored one more one more goal than us, so that's why they get the. Uh, that's why they claim the second spot there, and then Pompey, um, eh, top of the top of the pile, nineteen points after nine games. So you know Oxford, Oxford have with that game in hand could could jump to the top of the table. Um, I said that I think that their recruitment over the summer was the best in the season, and it's certainly certainly looking like that. Um, Absolutely, at the moment. But yeah, so. So let's have a look at uh, let's have a look at Oxford in a little bit more depth because uh, oh it's a it's a meaty meaty game on Saturday this coming Saturday isn't it? Second versus third is massive, isn't it? Particularly as you say because they have the game in hand, so you need yeah. to get a hold over them at home if you can. Exactly. Um, so their previous uh, f- four games because that's what I can see right now. Uh, in the table, actually, let me. No, I'm going to cut that bit out, and I'm going to do five because that's what we always do. And I'm not <laughs> going to change. Not going to change now. I just need to go back to the other website I was using because BBC include all fixtures, but I, I only show you. you I, but I only show you a month at a time. Uh, it's it's fine. I have them here. Oh, it's Lincoln. Okay. So. Um, Let's look at Oxford in a little bit more depth. Um, so, in their last five, they've got four wins and a draw uh, and a loss. Sorry, um, the the wins are a three-one victory at Barnsley, two-one victory over Charlton at home, um, a two-one loss at home against Port Vale. But they did have two red cards in that fixture, a three-nil victory at, at Fleetwood, and then a three-nil victory against High Flying Exeter this weekend. Um, so they're looking like a very, very, very tough side for us to play this this coming um, coming weekend. What what have you made of Oxford so far, Pat? And they've started really well, and you can see from that rundown they've beaten some really good sides. I thought Barnsley looked excellent and dangerous yesterday. So to see them off is uh, a mark of how good Oxford are. I think 3-0 maybe flattered them against Exeter yesterday. They had a couple of fairly dubious-looking penalties to put a bit of gloss on the uh, scoreline. I would like to add a caveat to that and say that I think both penalties were 
duly given. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, um, so they kept Exeter <laughs> off the score sheet, and uh, I was going to say that's been tough to do. They've only scored ten in nine, so maybe it's not. They've been solid Exeter, but yeah, struggled once they went behind in this one, and you know Oxeter. Oxeter? Oxford have got a powerful, Ox- threatening Oxeter. side. So, uh, That's fantastic. It's going to be a real test for our backline. It is, yeah. Um, obviously, Stevenage, uh, if we compare sort of the styles of the two, Stevenage are uh, incredibly fast build up direct we like to hit teams on the counter attack um we uh if if we're playing out from the back however you know we we will see the defenders knock it around a bit before a ball's played long down down either, either one of the flanks typically um you know we're right we're right down the bottom of the league in terms of um passes per like attacking sequence in fact we are technically bottom of the league with 1.74 passes per attacking sequence, which is incredibly direct. Uh, Oxford favour favour a fair a fair number of m- more passes. Um, they've got quite a slow and intricate build up. Um, they they like to they like to pressure and overload in the the wide areas. So um, it's going to be it's going to be really really tough. Um, they're second in the league on in. Um, like slow build-up attacks, and again second in the league in uh, ten plus pass um, attacking sequences. Whereas uh, again, you know, we've had eight to their ninety-one. So that's a very, very, very distinct contrast in styles, there, isn't it? Yeah, and it might help us actually because part of the reason our um, passes pre-goal is so low is because we score from nicking it on the press quite a bit. And then, you know, Roberts nicks it, feeds Reed, Reed bangs it in. That's technically one pass. You haven't had a lot of build-up, but it's because you've nicked it high rather than because you've banged it 60 yards from a centre-back. If yeah. their slow, methodical build-up allows us to set press traps, so much the better. That might play into our hands a little bit. And certainly it looks like their favoured formation is quite an aggressive one in terms of... Um, where they position their midfielders, so that can only help that. Yeah, um, and like, like you said, yeah, we actually um, we lead the league in high turnovers, um, which are turnovers uh, you know, possession being one in the opposition's uh, defensive third. Um, we lead the league in eighty-one uh, high turnovers with Oxford. You know, they're not 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 bad. They're about seventh rates on the table there with sixty-three. Um, we don't have nearly enough of those ending with either shots or goals. Uh, we've only we've only managed nine shots, nine shots off of a direct turnover. Um, you know, a lot of the time we win the turnovers and either we lose the ball um, or the, you know we we end up going backwards and and sort of recycling the ball and building up because we can't we've got nowhere to go with it. Which you know is fine. It's not it's not a problem. Um, but you know, if you're winning the ball high, and you're a team that likes to play forward quickly, like we do, you'd, you'd hope that we'd have a lot more shots and hopefully a couple more goals. But you know, it's nine shots and no goals from our high turnovers, which you know we'd, we'd certainly like to see that a little more often. Um, as 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 it's a big part of our game with the likes of Jamie Reed, 
and specific, particularly Jordan Roberts winning the ball high up the pitch. Yeah, and fingers crossed that's something that will improve as List comes back to full fitness because he's got the pace and the finishing instincts to uh, make more of those than perhaps someone like Jamie Reid does. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think it all bodes well, as we said before, like those finishing instincts are starting to kick in and look better and they were certainly against Cheltenham and that mm-hmm. is just as true for stuff coming off the goalkeeper and uh, bobbling around in the box as it is for someone else nicking it high and you being alive to to make that run to give them the option to uh, make more of it than we have done so far this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um uh, we looking looking at um sort of where where the two teams' main threats come from. Um we're very much a team that you're gonna expect most of our threat to come from set plays. I mean we've actually I think we've we've actually got uh, as many as many plays uh, goals from open play as we do from set set pieces but we actually lead, lead the league in set piece goals you know we've got seven open play seven set piece goals we look fortunately i think uh, in the early parts of the, the season you know certainly when we had the likes of presley and pidge in the team and they were getting in each other's way we didn't look nearly as dangerous as we did last season from set plays whereas with Presley being injured, we've one of the benefits from that is that we've had that um, ruthless, just dangerous, dangerous set play. Um, sort of, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. I've completely yeah. pitch wins a lot in the air is what it boils down to, and whether <laughs> yeah. that's headers on target or setting up his teammates, it's all for the better. And I think we saw before Presley was hurt that they'd done some work on the training ground and addressed the issues for them going for the same first ball and uh, mm-hmm. it's understandable for a man brought in as like a six or four striker that you want to be the guy challenging for that first one but just communicate and yeah what you want it one of you screen take off, it in turns yeah. take it in turns or like have a zone you know if the ball's into the back post pidge you have it if it comes near near side i'll get on it and then you can work together like well, okay what's well, going to pitch so i'm gonna put now i'm gonna i'm now gonna look to be the one on that second ball. It's um It's kind yeah, of like wide receivers, isn't it? You run that kind of scissors concept and you want to alternate right. who's the receiver so they don't know it's, who to uh, target. Exactly. I love the fact that four percent of our listener base will understand that reference. <laughs> um I'm enjoying it. It's uh, <laughs> NFL Sunday. Alternatively, um Oxford, they've got one goal from a set piece so far, but ten from open play. Um, you know, they're right up the top in the league in terms of goals from open play and right down the bottom from set plays. So again, you know, they're very much a team that you need that will build slowly and patiently, but really put the pressure on you in the box. So we're gonna have to be really alert and we're gonna have to have a big performance. But I think with Sweens um uh Thompson and um Pidge as our back three, I don't have that many. I don't have that many concerns about coming up against them in that style of football. Yeah, the biggest concern is them having enough possession to pull the team about and isolate the fullbacks two on one, which is yes. a weakness of our formations. We've talked about before, and particularly if you've got a guy playing out of position at right back, um, it would be great to get a 
full-time right back back in because you know it's it's all well and good to do a job there to be able to do a job two on one as a standing right back is a as a different question altogether and we're going to need to be very i think positionally disciplined out of possession more so than usual to make sure that the fullback positions have the cover that they need when the uh, <clears throat> oxford fullbacks have the time to push on that's what you get when you get those kind of lengthy spells of possession is you get chance for wing backs to push on either side and, and create those overloads and that's the biggest threat if they can work it through a midfield um, and get it into those overload situations we've proved vulnerable to that previously in the season so yeah that's that's where to uh, look out for I think absolutely absolutely uh, just bear me a moment I'm looking at the league one table from 2000, is it 2013? Yeah, 2013, I think, was our first year in League One, wasn't it? Sounds about right. Uh, I think it might be 2012, actually, because we weren't in the league in 2014. Yeah, 2012. Um, so, interestingly, after, after, uh, after eight games, then and let's compare that to eight games now. We were third. That's quite. I didn't. I didn't think we'd. We were quite that high. Then, then I thought we were a bit lower that season, at this stage in the season. But uh, we're not. I've got a lot of editing to do on this one today. <laughs> and you haven't even sworn. It's crazy. Have I not? I don't think so. Because you see, we were worried about the referee against Cheltenham, and he was fine. Yeah, but let's not say that. <laughs> yes, jinx it for next week. Oh yeah, we mentioned the Oxford penalties in the last game and you said you thought they were fine. You want to expand on that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I just thought they were fouls. <laughs> I don't think there's much more for me not to put in on to that say. one. There's Fair not much enough. more to put on in that one. Like, I think I think they look like the sort of fouls that the sort of the sort of penalties that are given against you that you're probably going to be a bit pissed off if they're given against you, um, and absolutely apoplectic with rage if they're not given f- for you. They look like that. I think I say that quite a lot about penalties, and I think that's quite true about a lot of them. Sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and be like, "That was a piss tackle, mate." That, yeah, of course, of course, he's blown up and giving you it. Given a penalty, but I think in this respect, I think, yeah, they they were just very clumsy tackles. It was the same lad who gave away both, yeah. And I think uh, he's he should be ashamed. <laughs> Not ashamed. That, that's that's a little howls, but I thought they were cheap, <clears throat> and you know, you may, you maybe don't expect to see yeah. two cheap ones given in the same game, but then if it's in front of a vociferous home crowd, so maybe you do. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I just thought we'd uh, we'd, we'd take a uh, take a bit of a look at this um, tweet from Liam Gove uh, last 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 night. He tweeted saying, "How does this Stevenage side compare to that of 2011-2012? So that was the season that we were in League One for the the, the, the first time. That was the uh, that was our first time as high as the as the as the wonderful wonderful uh, Wesley side went." Um, so I'll start to the season that that year. Um, 
after after nine games, we were sat in 12th position. Um, three wins, four draws, two losses, 16 goals scored, but 11 conceded with goal difference of five, obviously 13 points. So right in the middle of middle of the middle of the league. Um, looking at some of the teams around us, it's unrecognisable to the league runner today. Orient were bottom, Exeter, Wickham, Scunthorpe, Berry, Rochdale, Yeovil, uh, Bournemouth <laughs> had very different, uh, very, very different um, fortunes to, to the rest <laughs> of those teams, haven't they? Walsall, Col- Colchester, Chesterfield, Carlisle, then the Borough, Oldham, Tranmere, Sheffield Wednesday, Brentford, Notts County, Preston North End, Hartlepool, who have been to the down in the doldrums and they've they're there again. Milton Keynes and Huddersfield that have been up to the Premier League and back. Uh, Sheffield United and Charlton Athletic. Yeah. It um, makes you realise how <clears throat> fragile a football league existence can be when you read out that list and half of them have disappeared and some of them have gone completely. Like Yeah. Yeah. Yeovil you, are down Yeovil are down in the National League South, aren't they? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Pish, long old slide. Absolute pish. And then you got like to Bournemouth and Brentford playing their trade in the Premier League now. And unrecognisable yeah. from the clubs that they were a decade ago. Yeah. Um yeah. but looking looking so comparing the start, um, you know, we've had a much better start, you know. We're um it's the best start to a a, a, a football league season we we've ever had, isn't it, basically? Yeah, I think so. And with the probably the best squad, because like that that team, the first year we were in League One, was uh, a side who knew each other's games inside out and played above the sum of their parts. But in terms of yeah. individual quality of players, this squad is superior, I think. And unlike I... under Gary Smith that took us up to <laughs> second or third, this is a much more um, easy to support team, I would say, trying to sugarcoat it as much as I can. Like, There's a lot more players I like and wish success <clears throat> for on this side than there was in that team. Yeah, so if I if I, if I I stick with the Wesley comparison at the moment, I think you're, you, you've hit the nail on the head. That team was a team of... Uh, there was so much, so much of that team that had come with us all the way from the conference up. Um, I think that that team was like you said, some of the sum was greater than the sort of the whole was greater than some of the parts. Um, they played for each other, and you know they outworked every team that they came up against. And I think a lot of what that team with the sort of the us versus them mentality that that team had, I think that coupled with the fact that I think a lot of teams around that sort of time probably. Or like, oh, who who are this lot? Stevenage, never even heard of them. Like, <laughs> who, who are they? Just underestimated us. Whereas now you know what you're going to get with Steve Evans as manager. You know a lot of the players because a lot of the players we have in the side now are established League One players. Um, I think I think you're right. I think this team, just from a quality point of view. Um, it is. It is. I'd, I'd go as far as saying probably vastly superior to that Wesley team. As much as I love that Wesley team and I love a lot of those players, um, I think that Wesley team it, it showed the way the way we lost the core Wesley the Wesley players. You know the Roberts, Ashtons, uh, Laird, and the and the likes of those. Um, we lost those players and. 
while Gary Smith's start was good in the following season, <clears throat> that team was utter pish. Yeah. A lot of players who thought they were better than they were and were doing us a favour by playing here. And yeah, a lot of um, the second half of the season. A lot of a lot of players, a lot of sort of Premier League failed Premier League Academy players that were applying their trades lower than they thought they were worth, basically. Yeah, when the opposite um, was true. When the opposite was most certainly true. Um, whereas the guys we've got in the squad now, I just think, I actually think that this team probably would pump the other team. I mean, it's you like, never know on the day, but it's uh, yeah because the Wesley team never went down fighting. The uh, Gary Smith team would have gone down one and then ended up losing five because that's just how they yes. rolled. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, so it's an interesting question, but I think it's actually a really easy answer. Yeah, we've never had it so as good. It so uh, stop worrying about the crap stuff that's gone in the past and enjoy what you've got now. Yeah, I, again, I, saw, I think it might have been Gavey that said this, but it's almost like that shit decade we had didn't happen. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Uh, it books the trend for like the rest of society in general. We need a bit of that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's just amazing, isn't it? Um, it'll be great to see... I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> It'd be great to see more of this for the rest of the season and then promotion to the championship and god that would be wild. Oh god, I don't know. So when we got promoted to League One the first time, I was a bit like I don't know if this is a good thing. Because it feels like too much too soon. And we all see teams that build up too quickly and then end up capitulating once they overstretch their means and like Yeovil, case in point. Like Yeovil, and then falter and fall, go into free fall. And I just, uh, it's. I think I'm still being really. I'm still really like. Um, uh, I still have in the back of my head. You know, it's not that long ago since we were really shit, and I just get a little bit like edgy thinking about going up to the championship. I just worry that that would be too soon, too much too soon. I mean, it'd be amazing and it would be crazy, but I don't think it's realistic and it'll be uh, at this stage. I think we need to consolidate as a league one team and then build towards it. Yeah. And that's fine. And it's, it's interesting to see that there was that graph that Borough stats put out about attendances and ours are slowly kind of bubbling up and that very much books the trend of, the leagues in general, I think, over the last decade or so. So it shows that we're a growing club that can increase our competitiveness as uh, time goes on. So that bodes well for the kind of mid to long term future if you can stay patient. And, you know, what we want to see minimum short term is establish yourself as a League One club and don't slump back out of it in two and a half seasons like we did last time. So. Yeah, yeah. The, the longer we stay at the sharp end, the more you feel like you're uh, progressing towards at least that end goal, if not a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that might be us for today, Pat. Um, have you got an extra time topic for us? Um, I might have said this already, actually. 
I was going to say, what's the most impressive sporting feat you've ever seen live? And was going to quote the time I saw the javelin world record broken, but I might have already done that one once. I can't remember. Anyway, that was really cool. It was at Don Valley Stadium. <laughs> it flew about a million miles. It went like, you know, the the track bends at the top and the grassy yeah. area starts getting smaller because of the bend at the top. It went beyond yeah. the rectangle bit into the bendy bit at the top, but Jan Zalesny was an absolute beast. That's, that is very impressive. Um, I don't know what's the most impressive sporting feat I've seen live. Um, Apart from Drakkers, obviously. Um, I think it's not really impressive sporting. It's not what I'd say is it's probably being there to see Wayne Rooney uh, break um, Bobby Charlton's goal scoring record for England. It was a penalty, so it's not even that particularly impressive. And it was one from a Raheem Sterling dive as well. So, like, (laughs) really, but I think like for to break a record that had stood for so long. Is is a testament to the player that Wayne Rooney was, not just in his club career, but f- but for England. Um, I think that uh, I think that he ability wise is maybe not given the plaudits he deserves. Um, for for someone who looks so unathletic, he was incredible. <laughs> Absolutely, um, the, the the back catalogue of turning up to your Liverpool trial in a Everton shirt and then somehow managing to stay likable despite moving to Manchester United is uh, <laughs> you know it, it's it's testament to how good he was as a player for the neutrals phenomenal wasn't it and just but I think I think even though it was a penalty and it was a ill-deserved one of that I think that uh yeah it's got it's 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 got to be that I don't think I've seen anything particularly any uh physically impressive feats like hurling a javelin further than anybody else in history I don't think of quite I don't I can't think of any particularly impressive feats that I've seen live like that but but yeah breaking the breaking Bobby Charlton's goal scoring record after like 50 years is pretty fucking cool mm. and yeah. there, there we go Pat I've sworn now well done nice to get one in before the end <laughs> so it's an unusually tame episode for myself uh that'll be um, oh, can I, I? I wanted to find the. I wanted to find the uh, audio clip of this, and I'll look for it um, during the week. But uh, I just got to mention the Cheltenham commentator who said, "Whoever at Salford said Pierre Gianni isn't good enough for League Two is a moron." <laughs> <laughs> Let's just leave that in there, shall we? Oh, it's a little bit better than the uh, Carlisle soundbite. You might not get us in much trouble for uh, borrowing that. Well, I won't be mocking it, so I don't think I don't think the BBC will be that pissed about me taking it. Really. Um, anyway, I hope you all have a lovely week, Borough fans, and we'll see you next week uh, up the Borough.
What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Macca's? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNuggets share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.